welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So uh, the good news, we can open with some some exciting news, which is that uh, we're frantically writing. Uh, what's our word count up to now, Jeffrey? Uh, I think we're about 25,000 words. Excellent. And we're headed toward 45,000, so uh, maybe we'll try to be accountable to our listeners and let them know how we're doing on the book. Um, this is the Troubleshooting Agile book, of course, covering all the topics that you've come to know and love from Troubleshooting Agile, the podcast. And uh, one of the things we're uh, very strongly looking for, very firmly interested in is uh, case studies. So we'd like to put out the call to our listeners. Uh, please get in touch with us. Troubleshootingagile.com has all our contact information. If you have a interesting example of troubleshooting an agile team, even if it didn't work. So we'd be interested in, in any kind of story that you might have, and we're looking for case studies to include in the book. So please do get in touch with us. Right. So uh, what's today's topic, Jeffrey? Well, we're going to be talking about the uh, predictability productivity axis, and um, particularly you told me about a, a tool that you've developed that you use with your clients, and it's a bit different than the way I've ever talked about it with teams. Uh, so can you tell us about this tool you've developed? Indeed. It's called the Tilted Slider, and uh, Americans might think that's a baseball pitch, but uh, no, it's the <laughs> it's the kind of thing that you have on a on a device, well, I would say a hi-fi, but that's that's a really old um, description <laughs> of it. Uh, it might be on a radio, or it might be on a um, like the hot and cold setting on your car. It's the kind of thing that you can slide back and forth, and you can um, set it to a high setting, like really warm in your car, or a low setting, like really cold. And you would move it back and forth in order to choose a setting. And the funny thing about this slider is that it's tilted about 45 degrees. So instead of being like the one that's probably that you've seen over and over again, imagine one that is, is tilted. And I'll explain the tilting in a second. But the idea is that you can invest your time in measures that increase your pr productivity, or you can invest your time, your team's time, in measures that increase your predictability. So you can think of instead of hot and cold at the two ends, you've got predictability at the left end at the low end and productivity at the right end at the high end. So, um, and you can imagine the sorts of things you might invest in. So you might invest in sprint planning, you might invest in design work, you might invest in lots of different sorts of things. Those would increase your predictability and that would move you toward the left lower end of the, of the slider. And that would be a perfectly good thing to do. Or you might invest your time in uh, releasing features and um, getting customer feedback and um, uh, coding quickly and uh, releasing fast. That would be the sort of thing that you'd do instead of detailed planning, and you would have increased productivity. But you are swapping something off there. You're, you're Instead of um, having a detailed sprint plan, you have a release every day. And that's less predictable, but more productive, and vice versa. Right. This is just sort of just this is purely where you spend your time. So if, you, if I moved uh, towards predictability, we're going to spend more time on things designed to improve predictability. And if we move it towards productivity, we're going to spend less time. We're going to stop doing some of those um, predictability or cheaper versions of those predictability. Uh, Absolutely. And because it's a slider, you're, you're, you're unlikely to move your slider in your car toward totally roasting or um, absolute, uh, absolutely arctic freezing. Um, similarly, <laughs> you're unlikely to move this uh, to completely one or the other end. Although there are people who exist at those ends. NASA, for example, produces something like a few hundred lines of code per developer per year. Um, and that's because they spend a huge amount of time being predictable because Mars won't um, wait for you, right? You've, if you want to launch <laughs> the rocket, 
you got to do it on this day. So predictability is very important and they invest a lot in that. Now, uh, one thing I haven't explained is this funny thing about tilting it. Why is it tilted 45 degrees? Well, the reason is there's a force of gravity. And so there's a pull downward toward predictability. That, by the way, doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that there's a natural human tendency to put in place higher control mechanisms. And when you feel it, feeling out of control is uncomfortable, and that's the force of gravity. So what I see over and over again is teams that I come to work with have pushed their, their slider, even not intentionally, it's kind of slid downward down that 45 degree slope toward predictability. And they often have got themselves set at a level of predictability that is uncomfortable for them that they don't actually want, but they have this feeling of wanting more control. So they have this natural tendency to put in, oh, something's not quite right. It's not as it should be. I'm going to put in more control mechanisms. And then, gee, I seem not to be very productive. How did that happen? <laughs> I see. So over time, they've kind of built up more and more uh, process, more activities designed to give them predictability. Um, but it, it, then it, they've given, they've been less and less time actually coding. Now, one thing you mentioned though, is that they're, these invest, investments that people are making, this is sort of where they're spending their time, mm -hmm. but they also may or may not be effective towards actually achieving that outcome. Absolutely. Uh, you can invest that time in being more predictable and not actually become more predictable. So mm. the, uh, the slider doesn't <laughs> control, it controls the input, not the output. So it's like, uh, you know, if you cover up your, your, um, your vents in your car, then you won't actually make your car hotter or colder by moving the slider. You will make your car work harder. It'll do more stuff in order to run the air conditioning or the heating. But if you cover up the vents, you won't get anything. So a lot of teams um, also try to put in place more uh, either predictability or more rarely productivity um, uh, effort. They, they put in more time to do that, but they uh, often don't actually get the result they're looking for. What, so tell me about more about that. Like what, what's happening here? What's the case of where someone has been either effective or ineffective? How do you, how do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. So let's think of an example where someone's trying to, to move toward predictability. So they're moving downward on the slider. So uh, an ineffective example of that uh, would be um, somebody who does tons and tons of planning, but they don't actually deliver. Uh, or I even have one example where they were they were pretty high on the slider. They 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 were investing a small amount uh, in predictability, um, but then uh, the team would just show up in the morning and say, "Hey, we feel like doing something different today." And mm. so all the effort that they put into <laughs> trying to be more predictable didn't actually change uh, what they were doing because the team was um, uh, more or less out of control was was not responding to the uh, to the inputs. Okay. So that's an ineffective example. Um, an effective example is a, a client I worked with where they produce a fixed scope, fixed date contract. The uh, clients show up and they say, I want this piece of software. I want you to build it for me. I want to use your platform and all the bits you have, and I want it exactly by this date. If you don't get it done by this date, it won't be valuable to me. It, its value falls off really sharply after this date because there's an external driver. There's there's something that will happen in the world that won't move, and uh, therefore, uh, if it's not done by right about you know in enough time for my marketing people to prepare, it, it won't be any value. And after this date, it's completely useless. Mm. So their market was rewarding them, was giving them a premium for being predictable. So guess what? They invested quite a lot in predictability and they have a really reliable three-month process that produces a fixed scope. 
Is that terribly agile? No, it's not. They weren't iteratively releasing. They were doing a lot of upfront design. There was a lot of activity that we wouldn't recognize as uh, terribly agile, but boy, did it work for that market because predictability was rewarded. So they had pushed the slider down toward predictability and been effective. Right. So that makes sense to me. So the, the slider is telling us where, you know, where we're spending our time. And then we can look at that to say, is that is that paying off for us? So an example is we might do a lot of design work and then are we sort of, are we good at design? Are we, are we good at coming up with things that will survive? And, and, uh, uh, and then also if we come up with estimates, if we, if we break down our, our requirements and estimates, are our requirements, uh, the right ones, the ones that are going to stay and, uh, and will the estimates be accurate and things that we can plan on? Yeah. And I can hear some of our listeners saying things like, well, oh, yes, so tell me the magic pill I can take to make my estimates more effective. Um, that may be the topic of another podcast, but <laughs> That's right. quite frequently what you actually need is to move the slider rather than get more, more accurate estimates. So if you can get more small chunks of work and more um, iterative feedback, uh, you, you actually don't need your estimates to be that accurate. But it depends on where you're trying to put the slider. If you're putting a lot of effort into your estimates and then they're wrong, you probably got something wrong. Either your slider's in the wrong place or you're being ineffective at um, getting results from it. Right. So now maybe we can talk then about the other end of, of the spectrum. Someone, so someone says, okay, we're, we're, we're too far over um, the natural human tendency, the, the managers in particular. Because I think when you described that there's a tendency to move towards um, predictability, that was something that's often management-led, that they're the ones asking for more controls. Not, not always, but yes, that's right. What, what happens when people try to move the, the, the slider the other direction, up the uphill weight? You know, let, let's give up some of our predictability. Let's, let's move our, make fewer of those investments. Um, describe that and how that can be either effective and effective. Sure. So I've got a, a good effective example, and that's a, a client who had a team where it took many months to complete uh, even something as simple as changing a web page. You know, they just had to go through quite a lot of um, iterations of design and uh, uh, get slotted into a sprint and estimated. And there was quite a lot of uh, activity that happened before making what turned out to be a relatively simple change. And this was quite frustrating both to the team and to recipients of the changes. So among other things, we um, ditched some of those predictability activities. We, we moved the slider upward and invested less, and we replaced them with the kinds of things that our listeners will be familiar with, iterative development and feedback rapidly from customers and so on. The kind of, uh, the, they got so far up on the slider, they moved it so far that they were doing things like releasing a feature which had a link in it, and the link led to a 404 page, a, a page that wasn't there. And they did that so they could learn whether customers actually wanted to click the link. And it turned out they did. So then they went and built the page that lived at that, at that link. And that's a, an extreme version of super predictability because it took them like an hour to put in place the non-working link and the counting <laughs> mechanism, as opposed to building the whole complicated feature, which involved video and delivery and people with cameras and all kinds of other stuff to, to build the whole complicated feature that would live at that page. Hmm. So uh, that was effective in their environment, um, but would have been terrible in the first environment I talked about where the companies were, where the clients were rewarding them for predictability and wanted a fixed scope in, in three months that they would have hated that. They would have said, what are you giving me this thing after two days for? I can't use it. I need it by this date. And so you had to be very sensitive to the market. But in, in this example where they were effective at moving the slider upward, 
they, they were getting tremendous results from uh, a more iterative process. I should mention something here, by the way. It's very important. The, the gravity continues. So uh, that company needed to put in place mechanisms to reinforce the idea that it would be good to be less predictable and more productive in their environment. Um, so when they would bring somebody on to train them, they would say, now this is how we do it. So you need to align to this. If this doesn't work for you, go work somewhere else, because this is how we do it here with less predictability and more productivity. And that worked for some people and not for others. But what you couldn't do was uh, allow it just to drift because the gravity would pull you back down again. Somebody would say, ah, you know, what we really need around here <laughs> is some planning. What we really need around here is some more design of that link that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> that, that was what they uh, really did, uh, needed to um, uh, put in place forces uh, that, that counteracted the gravity. Right. So as you as you're describing this, uh, it, re it reminds me very much of my early days of Agile when people were moving from document driven design to these sort of le leaner, lightweight planning methods, and it was really a realization I think of what you're describing, where in the environment, in in many environments, um, it's it's not all that important that you know exactly um, what everything is going to look like and how it's going to act before you begin working, say three months out. I think about how. We work on projects today. The, the the team that I work most closely with, uh, we we very often are um, refining the the look and feel after release and after it's in production. We we fin we can finish something, say okay, well actually we'd like to tweak it a bit now that we've worked with it, and so we've put a lot less time uh, into those productive uh, planning, you know, predictability activities, and we've taken sort of the excess time then for productivity. And, and that's a little bit different than when people do make proactive investments in productivity, such as when they go and put in, say, a continuous integration system, or they put in time into uh, developing uh, tests, or they put time into refactoring, or and so they they say um, we're 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 doing this right now, so that we will be more productive later, and and similarly that can be either effective or ineffective depending on on how people doing are doing it. Sure. And aren't there some examples where somebody goes too far on productivity and they say, oh, to heck with everything. Let's just, let's just go. <laughs> well, yes. That also reminds me of the early days of Agile. And we, and the phrase that people may have heard was, uh, I don't hear it so much anymore, but the phrase cowboy coding, um, which was a, a, something that some people accuse the Agile people of doing. Well, we, you know, you stopped doing the heavyweight uh, you weren't doing all your your, your documents, uh, you know, everything that Rup required, then you're just a bunch of cowboys. Uh, now, that wasn't true. Agile was ex extremely disciplined because it was still doing predictability activities. They were just lighter weight ones. Um, and they were also doing uh, productivity investments that they were adding. So it was there were definite investments being made. And um, But some people... Uh, took it the other way, and they said, "Oh, this is just let's." And they and they were in favor of it. I think there's maybe a set of people out there who, who have their slider running the other direction. <laughs> they find they, they bought cowboy hats. They <laughs> said, "Yeah, cowboy coding sounds great. Let's go." That's they right. And it didn't get the memo about the uh, the the predictability elements of uh, of of agile development, and they just said, "Great." We're going to be super productive, but turn it to 11. Yeah, exactly. And so actually, I remember I've had people who, who've said, you know what, I don't understand why we need to check in so frequently. Why won't we just check in when we're done? So, <laughs> and, uh, why, you know, why do we need tests? Why do we need any of this? Why don't we just, you know, why don't we just do coding? If we just sit down and code, if we just spent all of our time coding, everything would be fine. And they didn't see uh, any value in any of the planning and predictability. I think these are people who were 
probably a bit uh, 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 damaged from that they were they were they were so damaged by the by the the heavyweight process that uh, any sniff of freedom and they were they were all over it that um, that they weren't willing to hear any sort of voice of moderation of uh, that there was anything valuable in what was being done previously. There's a manifesto for the JFDI process, um, and it's the just uh, freaking do it process, ah. which consists of <laughs> just whenever you feel like doing something, you just freaking do it. So we'll link to that in the show notes just for entertainment. But I remember reading that and thinking, I think maybe this is you. You push the slider beyond the end of the of the of the track where it's where it's running. This, <laughs> this, this, I think the people were were joking about JFDI, but there were people who tried to operate in, in a similar way. Right, uh, and I remember. And uh, that's, we, we don't recommend that. That's an ineffective way to invest in productivity. Right. And I think what's, what, when, I, when I listen to this about where we're spending our time and where I've dealt with people at any point on the sliders, I have found people who are effective at, at um, kind of the whole length of the, of the slider for their context. And, but the other element was I've also met people who were ineffective at every point on the slider. So it, it's really not about are you, is your slider at the right point? you know, in absolute terms, first of all, is it right for you? And second is, are you monitoring whether the choices you've made are making are being effective? Are, are, uh, so have you chosen to be at the right point of slider? And second is, are your practices actually delivering what they're supposed to given the investments you're making? Is the air of the right temperature actually coming out of the vent? Yeah, or, exactly. Pull out a thermometer. <laughs> well, is it cold in here? Or maybe we should turn the heat up a bit. That's right. But look at the thermostat set to the right value. You 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 should be warm enough because it says it's seventy you know two Fahrenheit. It's got to be fine. Yep, that doesn't actually work. You need to need to actually have the fee- full feedback loop to see if you're if you're setting your slider appropriately. That's right. Excellent. Well, thanks, Jeffrey. Well, it was an enjoyable conversation. I can't believe we haven't talked about that before because I use it with so many clients, and I'm glad you uh, reminded me that we hadn't. So, uh, of course, we're always interested in hearing from our listeners, and as we said at the top, we're particularly interested in any case studies that you might like to share, examples where you've used any of the topics we talk about, the Tilted Slider or, or any of our other ideas that you've picked up from the podcast. Uh, we'd be really interested in uh, hearing from you uh, within the next months. So, so uh, act today, don't wait, because uh, our book is terrifyingly uh, uh, due very soon. 21st of July is marked in uh, purple on my calendar, a big, a big circle. So please do get in touch with us just to talk about anything on the podcast or any other way, uh, including case studies on troubleshootingagile.com, where you will find Twitter and email and all the usual fantastic ways to get in touch with us. And uh, we'll look to come back to you every Wednesday. Uh, Do click the subscribe button because we we like it when people uh, are here every week and get to uh, give us feedback and and ideas um, every Wednesday. Super. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.